0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Sharosti. And as always, we got a good show for you guys today. All righty. So before we get into any of the sports stuff, (laughs) um, when I left you guys here on Tuesday, it was election day. It might as well still be election day. Um, uh, In all seriousness, no. Uh, For all of you that went out and voted, uh, thank you so much. Uh, It's a really important part of our democracy uh, here. So for everyone that went out and voted, uh, whether it was election day, whether it was mail-in, whether it was early voting, all of that stuff, uh, you all. Huge turnout uh, across the the nation, which is great. Um, And it looks like we're going to have a new president soon. Looks like it. Looks like it. I have to say, I'm thoroughly surprised. Being here in Georgia, it was just announced uh, last night that, around midnight actually, that Georgia had flipped uh, with the ballots coming in, and it went from President Trump having a lead to now Joe Biden having a lead, Uh, and that's just something that was very surprising to me, um, seeing Georgia uh, be a blue state was just odd you know it's something that i honestly did not expect to see in my lifetime but hey uh the people have spoken um so shout out to everyone that voted um and like i said it looks like we're we're gonna have a new commander-in-chief uh, we'll see what happens but uh it, this process has been pretty pretty strenuous i must say i've been glued to cnn i've been looking at MSNBC, I've looked at Fox, like I've just been bouncing around news network to news network trying to figure out what's going on and all of this and why it's taking so long. Nevada, please hurry up with the votes. <laughs> but uh, looks like the election is finally coming to an end. Uh, so like I said every one of you that voted, congrats, good job to you all. Uh, I applaud you all uh, because it's, a, it's, it's, it's something small and I don't want to be one of those people that's like voting is the most important thing you can do. It's not. There's a ton of other things that you can do, but it is something that is important, you know. So for everyone that went out and voted, great for you all. Um, I know I definitely did. I was one of the people who did early voting. So all of that good stuff. This is not a political podcast, though, so we're going to move on. Uh, (laughs) We got some football to talk about because in between my flipping from. CNN to MSNBC to Fox and all this other stuff there was a, there was a football game played last night uh, so I did I did peek my head in and take a look there and exactly what I thought happened happened or what I thought would happen happened uh, Packers and 49ers played last night rematch of the NFC conference championship game from last year when the 49ers absolutely steamrolled uh, this Packers team and it was the complete opposite this time. Now, granted, you have to put some things into context. The 49ers did not have Jimmy Garoppolo. the 49ers did not have George Kittle, the 49ers do not have Nick Bosa, no Solomon Thomas, no Richard Sherman. So we all kind of knew this was gonna happen, right? We didn't no one really expected this 49ers team to put up a fight in this game and they didn't. 34 to 17 was the final score and quite honestly, the game wasn't even that close. Uh, this was a game that heading into the fourth quarter, uh, it was 31-3. to The 49ers scored two garbage-time touchdowns at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Didn't really matter by that point. Um, Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. 25 of 31, 305 yards, four touchdowns. Um, it's time. Knocking over my desk and stuff like that. It's time we start speaking. And I will say I've seen some people give him his credit. And even myself, I think I may have been underrating him a little bit too much. It's time we start speaking about Devontae Adams as one of the five best receivers in the league. Um, It's time we start putting him in that conversation for, is he the best receiver in the league? He is phenomenal. Devontae Adams has done nothing. like, And you have to understand, yes, it's a bonus to have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, right? Like that, as a receiver, having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is going to make your job way easier. However, we have to start giving him him his credit because when you look at this Packers wide receiver room, when you look at this Packers, the Packers skill positions on offense, there's not a lot there. They have a really good running back in Aaron Jones, who's coming back, who just got back from injury. He had an okay game uh, last night. Only had about 18 carries for like 56 yards or something like that. But Aaron Jones is a really good running back. Devontae Adams is a phenomenal wide receiver, and he's doing it oftentimes being double, triple, even sometimes quadruple teamed. Like, honestly. Because defenses don't respect any of the other receivers. No one respects uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. No one respects any of the other receivers, you know, Anthony Lazard and stuff like that. Like, no one respects any of the other Packers receivers because they haven't given us a reason to. That Packers receiver room outside of Devontae Adams is very bad, if we're being completely honest. It's extremely thin. Uh, no one you have to game plan for. So Devontae Adams going out here and religiously getting double-digit catches, getting over 100 yards a game, uh, seemingly always getting into the end zone every game, when he really defenses no. he's the only person that we have to take away we take away Devonte adams aaron Rodgers is going to have a long night because who really wants to throw to these other receivers right so it's time we start giving Devonte adams his props Devonte adams is phenomenal and i honestly don't know if there's four or five wide receivers i would take before i take him um like he 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 deserves to be in that conversation with julio and odell and uh DeAndre Hopkins like he is in that grouping and rightfully so and it's time he starts getting his flowers Devontae Adams is incredible and like I said for him to do that really with no consistent number two wide receiver like when you look at some of the other guys too and that's the thing as well like you look at some of the other number one receivers that we talk about Odell Beckham Jr. well in Cleveland, he has Jarvis Landry. Julio Jones in Atlanta, he has Calvin Ridley. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, he has Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, you want to talk about Amari Cooper, he has Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. Like, all of these guys, M- Mike Evans, he has Chris Godwin. You see, like, you see a trend. All of these great wide receivers that we typically talk about as being, you know, some of the five or ten best guys in the league have really good number twos, right? They have really good like they have the Robin to their Batman. DeVonte Adams is really just out here doing it on his solo. Like he's on his solo dolo stuff and defenses know it but they just can't stop it. Part of it is because obviously again, having Aaron Rodgers makes your job a lot easier. But at the same time, it's also DeVonte Adams is just that good. Um it's time we start giving him his props. 100%. But uh like I said, this game was not close uh, from the jump. Packers went out, took this game, took the lead early, and just never really looked back. And then, like I, this, is exactly what we expected to happen. You know, I don't think any of us who knew what was going on with this team uh, really gave the gave the Forty Nine ers any real shot. <laughs> Let's just. Let's just be completely honest. No disrespect to the 49ers because I do think the 49ers are a good team. Uh, They've just been snake bitten this year with injuries uh, and it happens. So it is what it is, but moving on to the rest of the games that are going to be played this week in week nine, time to make some picks. And first up we have the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Drew Locke's performance last week makes me almost want to pick the Broncos in this game, but I'm not going to. Um, the Falcons, I believe, are the home team. Yeah, the Falcons are home. And the Falcons, again, I think talent-wise, they're much better than their 2-6 and six record shows. Um, I just don't see... I don't see them losing this game. Now, granted, it could very well happen. This is enough. This is one of those games where I I'm picking the Falcons, but I don't feel confident. Um, we shall see what happens here. Uh, but I'm 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 gonna take the Falcons. I'm gonna take the Falcons in this game. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the MVP this season. Uh, that's actually a part where we're going to talk about that later on uh, in the pod today when we're going to give out some of our mid-season uh, awards to some guys and just looking at, you know, guys who I think have, you know, just halfway through the season, where do I think these the, the race for the awards stand? But Russell Wilson has been phenomenal this season. He's basically been unstoppable. Um, and Buffalo, on the other hand, they're 6-2, and two, but they're kind of a weird 6-2, and two, right? Like, you look at Buffalo – And they had that really hot start. Josh Allen was playing phenomenally. And now they've kind of fallen back down to earth. And this Buffalo team, which looked incredible the first four weeks of the season, has started to look a little bit more mediocre. Um, We'll see what happens. This game is being played in Buffalo. Uh, This is a matchup, actually, of two defenses, by the way, that have been disappointing this season I think people expected the Seahawks defense to be much better than they have been uh I think the people expected the Bills defense to be one of the best in the league and that has not happened this year so we'll see what happens potential shootout actually in this game which sounds a little weird Seahawks and Bills doesn't sound like it's a game that's supposed to be a shootout but in 2020 that's very well what it could come down to uh and if that's the case then I'm gonna go ahead and go with Russell Wilson uh Next game, we have the Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans. It's so hard picking Bears games because that defense plays so great and we just don't know which Nick Foles we're going to get. Are we going to get the Nick Foles that threw four touchdowns in the second half against the Atlanta Falcons? Are we going to get the Nick Foles that out-dueled Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Or are we going to get the Nick Foles who showed up you know, these past couple weeks and has really put the Bears in the a bind because this offense struggles. Now it's not all on Nick Foles. Some of it is the play calling. Uh, I have to say that Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy needs to go in Chicago. Let's just be completely honest. Uh, his play calling is terrible. (laughs) If we're just going to just, just got to call you know, call a spade a spade. His play calling is terrible. Uh, his philosophy does not fit Chicago. Um, I don't expect either one of these guys to be there next season, but, uh, This is a game that the Bears very well could win, though, because this Tennessee Titans defense is not good. Uh, It's tough. It's it's a weird situation. Uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee, but I would not be surprised to see the Bears pull this out. Um, Next up, we have the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to ride the Minnesota train here a little bit. Minnesota gets a huge win. Uh, against Green Bay a big upset last week. They're starting to feel good about themselves. Maybe they are starting to catch their stride. We shall see. I'm going to pick Minnesota in this game. Uh Dalvin Cook has been phenomenal. Maybe it looks you know he's he's back healthy which is big for them. Uh I'm going to pick Minnesota to win this game. I think that they're going to start to catch some momentum and maybe not they're not going to make a push Well, I think Minnesota can make a push for that seventh playoff spot, or at the very worst, they can make Chicago sweat and at least finish second in this NFC North division. Um, But we will see what happens. I don't expect either the Bears or the Vikings to make the playoffs this season, uh, so we'll see what happens. But I do think the Vikings are in a position where they're getting ready to kind of make a turn and who knows maybe they can at least salvage this season a little bit uh and finish with a respectable record finish second in their division we'll see what happens next up we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts uh this Colts team is is interesting they're another team where they have a really great defense but sometimes that offense doesn't it's it's a little they're they're up and down but for the most part when i look at Indianapolis i see a decent team you know they're decent I don't think great. I don't necessarily even think that they're really good, which is surprising to me. Even though they're five and two, it's it's, it's again a weird situation. They're five and two, but they don't feel like a five and two team when you watch them. So, uh, this just feels like a situation where a decent team is playing an elite team in Baltimore, and I'm going to take Baltimore in this one. Uh, Carolina Panthers and Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Carolina I think is better than their three and five record I think that the Panthers are actually I think the Panthers are in a much better position this season than I thought they would be I did not expect them to play as tough to be as competitive as they are currently I thought it might take a year or two uh, but they're doing a phenomenal job over there in Carolina Uh, Joe Brady is doing well with that offense and all of that good stuff I give all I give the Panthers all of the uh, this credit to say that they're going to lose this game. The Chiefs are going to win. Chiefs look like they're absolutely poised to go for another championship. Um, I don't think that they're the best team in the league anymore. I think that title resides with Pittsburgh. That's not me being a homer. I just look at what they've done this season um, and how they've played. But I do still think Kansas City is the second best team in, in, in the National Football League. And Carolina just doesn't have enough to stop them. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs in that one. New York Giants and the Washington football team. Um, I'm going to pick the Giants. And maybe I'm feeding a little too much into that Monday night game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But also, when you just look at the Giants this season, they are one in seven, but they've played really hard and a lot of their games have been close, right like they're not like the Jets who have kind of been getting blown out in most of their games, right The Giants have played hard and they've had opportunities in games. Washington on the other hand, ah I don't know this this is a tough one. I'm gonna go with the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants because I really liked what I saw out of that team against Tampa Bay. I really liked what I saw out of Daniel Jones. Even though he had some terrible bonehead mistakes, there were moments that you saw where it made, like there were flashes in that game where it made me understand why they took Daniel Jones in the draft. There were flashes in that game. He led that team down for the game for the game tying touchdown uh, or the game tying drive. Needed to get the, the two-point conversion. And if the refs would have thrown a penalty, they probably would have gotten and sent that game in overtime. So I like what I saw of the Giants. I think that they're going to build on that momentum. I think they'll get their second win of the season and beat Washington in this game. Uh, Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are playing with some unknown rookie quarterback who I don't even know if he's a late-round draft pick or if he was undrafted. I doubt that he's going to come out and be Gardner Minshew of this year. Um, I don't think that they're going to be lucky enough to get two guys back to back, you know, rookie quarterbacks come in and play that well in, uh, situations like that. So I'm taking Houston, this one and taking Houston pretty easily. Uh, Houston gets their second win of the season in a very disappointing season for Houston, by the way, but Houston gets their second win of the season, Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles chargers. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders. I I kind of like the Raiders. You know, the Raiders, the Raiders are another one of those teams where they've shown that they can compete with some of the best. Like they've beaten the Chiefs, they've beaten the Saints. You know, it's it's interesting to watch them. Uh, Justin Herbert is playing phenomenal by the way though like both of them actually both quarterbacks are playing pretty good this year Derek Carr is playing really well has this offense uh, playing well Justin Herbert is phenomenal I think the Chargers have definitely found their quarterback of the future Uh, but for the Chargers it's about the future for the Raiders it's about right now and I'm gonna take the Raiders in this game Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is decimated and they're playing with their third string quarterback Ben DiNucci. Also, that defense is on track to be the worst defense in NFL history. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, has the best defense in the league. Uh, Currently is getting more sacks than any other team in the league, I believe. Uh, And they have an offense that's playing really well because we actually have a real quarterback uh, behind our line now in Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, The Steelers are going to win this game. They're going to win this game big. They're going to win this game by multiple points multiple scores it won't even be close i say all of that with a grain of salt though because it would be very it would be very pittsburgh steeler to lose this game uh if you follow the steelers the steelers have this habit of playing down to their competition every year it feels like the steelers have one or two games against teams that they are the heavy favorites against that they lose you know a couple years ago it was against tampa bay when the bucks literally only won one game that season the steelers were the team that they that they beat so this is again and this three-week stretch actually is is kind of interesting to me because this three-week stretch is going to show me a lot about this steelers team um we play the cowboys we play the jaguars and we play the bengals all teams that we are going to be heavily favored against like I said, typically, if we this is the same old Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a three-week stretch where we will probably lose at least one of those games if this is the Steelers that I've known my entire life. If this team is serious about winning a Super Bowl, though, these are three games that they're going to win, that they're going to take care of business, and they're not going to give these teams any life. We will see what happens, but I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. Miami Dolphins and Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona in this game. Miami Yeah, great. The Tua, the Tua era started off with a win. However, let's just be completely honest. Uh, You got lucky in that first game with Tua. You played the Rams and the Rams shot themselves in the foot a lot. Uh, You scored 28 points in that game. Only seven of them came from your offense. Your defense is not going to have two touchdowns again. You're also not probably not going to get another punt. Like you're not going to get three touchdowns. You're not even get 21 points from your defense and your special teams in this game. More than likely, like you're probably not going to do that in back to back weeks. Uh, that offense is going to have to really move the ball, and they're actually going to have to start to pick it up with Tua uh, because they're going to have to score against Arizona because Arizona is definitely going to score on you. The Cardinals have an offense that is very tough to stop. Uh, When you have someone like Kyler Murray, who's obviously a dual threat at quarterback, you have someone who is as wise and solid as Larry Fitzgerald. You have someone who is dynamic, and one of the best wide receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Again, I've talked about Christian Kirk and how much I like him um, as the number two there in Arizona. Arizona is going to win this game just because I don't think the Dolphins' defense is going to score two touchdowns again. Um, So I'm going to take the Cardinals. I don't think the Dolphins, I don't think Tua and that Dolphins' offense can keep up with the scoring that will be needed to beat the Cardinals. The big game of the week, Sunday night, New Orleans Saints at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks finally get their their rematch against the Saints after starting the season off, uh, playing this playing in New Orleans. And I told everyone after that first week, everyone was like, oh, these this Bucks team, they stink and they're not ready and all this other stuff. Both these teams look way better than they did in week one. And that's what I said about Tampa Bay from the beginning. I said, listen, this is probably the worst that Tampa Bay is gonna look all season. They're only gonna get better from here. And oh, by the way, they added Antonio Brown, who is active and will be playing in this game. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is the better team. I think Tampa Bay really, I genuinely believe Tampa Bay has a shot at at going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, my NFC championship, my NFC conference championship game right now, from what I see, I think it's going to be Bucks and Seahawks for the NFC. I think it's one of those two teams. So we will see what happens there. Um, the Saints, by the way, are playing well. Alvin Kamara has been phenomenal. Drew Brees has played really well. I know I kind of maybe was a pulled a Max Kellerman and maybe was a little too early, uh, or maybe was a little dramatic in saying that Drew Brees is is just doesn't look the same. Uh, which I will now, granted, I will say he doesn't he doesn't look the same. However, it hasn't mattered because he's still playing really really well. Um, but I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I think this Bucks team is too hard or is too good uh, to get swept, uh, even by a team as good as the Saints. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. New England Patriots and New York Jets. You know, I almost want to take the Jets in this game. I honestly do. I, I've I've struggled with this thought for quite some time. The Patriots don't look good right now They have a defense that is slow They have an offense that is devoid of weapons This just But it's hard for me to see Bill Belichick Leading a team That's going to lose To a winless Jets squad I understand this game is going to be played in New York All that good stuff it's just really hard for me to envision Bill Belichick losing to a team, losing to a winless squad. Especially a division rival that's winless. It's just it's hard. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm going to trust Bill Belichick and say that the Patriots get the win here. However, this one is definitely upset alert. The Jets at the beginning, uh, you know, a couple I've been saying for a couple weeks now that the Jets are on their way to 0-16, and this seems like the week where they actually have a legitimate shot. This seems like the week where they have a legitimate chance of at least picking up one win. <sighs> I'm still going to take the Patriots. However, huge upset alert there. Be on the watch for that game. I would not be surprised to see the Jets win. Whew. Oh, boy, that's going to be an interesting game to watch. That game is going to be super interesting to watch, man. Like, oh, man, <laughs> it's going to be a crazy one. It's going to be insane. Um, mid-season awards, by the way, uh, just looking. We're halfway through the season now. And, you know, just looking around the league, how do I feel about some of the you know, some of the guys that, that have been playing and who probably looks like they are primed to win a, a, a um, an award at the end of the season, you know, MVP and things like that. So, midseason awards, MVP so far to me has been Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson has been outstanding. <laughs> Just plain and simple. He's been outstanding. Um It's, it's tough to discredit anything that he's done, you know, with an offensive line that isn't necessarily great with, he has a good running back in Chris Carson, but he doesn't have a real threat uh, back there behind, you know, behind him as far as the running backs go. That defense has not played well this year. They're really winning off of the arm and legs of Russell Wilson this year. And they look like one of the better teams in the NFC. Uh, Currently only have one loss on the season. I, uh, I have to give it, I have to give it to Russell Wilson. I don't think that there's and it's Russell Wilson and it's not close. I think you can give, you can give, you can give maybe a couple, couple points to Aaron Rodgers. He's been phenomenal this year, but I don't think anyone has had a bigger impact on their team than Russell Wilson. When we look at, excuse me. <clears throat> when we look at defensive player of the year, uh is one that it's it's it, defensive player of the year is one of those awards where you could probably give it to aaron donald every year (laughs) you know like you could probably give defensive player of the year to aaron donald every single season however however i have been looking and paying a lot of attention to miles garrett in cleveland and miles garrett has been absolutely phenomenal This season Uh, in eight games, he has 25 total tackles, uh, 19 of those solo. Uh, He has he's tied for the league lead in nine uh, in sacks with nine. He and Aaron Donald both lead the league. He also has four forced fumbles on the season. Two of those. He also has two fumble recoveries. Um, He's been phenomenal this year. Honestly, honestly, honestly. he's been phenomenal and again this is one of those awards where you could probably give it to really anybody um you could well not anybody you could give this award to Aaron Donald every year but I'm gonna give Miles Garrett some love uh even though he did attempt to decapitate Mason Rudolph last season uh and he he's gotten a little bit of a reputation of it for being a dirty player but Miles Garrett has been phenomenal this year uh I'm gonna give uh Halfway through the season, I say my pick for Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. Offensive Player of the Year, guy that I spoke about earlier this year, or earlier in this podcast, Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams, man, 675 yard receiving yards on the season, 53 receptions. He's on pace to have over 100 receptions, to have over 1,300 uh, receiving yards. And oh, by the way, he has eight touchdowns this season. That's why I said it seems like he scores a touchdown every week. It's because he literally averages one touchdown a game right now. We're through yeah, eight eight weeks through the season. He has eight touchdowns. I don't think he'll keep that pace up. I don't think he's going to have 16 touchdowns by the end of the season, but it's very, very plausible that he could end up with like 11, 12, 13, you know, uh, I'm going to give offensive player of the year to Devonte Adams. And also, like I said, I give him a lot of props because he's someone who is doing this really without a number two wide receiver, at least a consistent number two wide receiver. Uh, so offensive player of the year, I'm going to go Devonte Adams. Then that brings us to the rookies. Offensive rookie of the year. Um, Oh, it's really, really, really tough. It's really tough because Joe Burrow has been the guy from the jump and he's played phenomenally in Cincinnati this season. However, Justin Herbert has also come along and he's played great. Um, I also want to give a lot of credit to rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool because I feel like he deserves a ton of credit. Um however I'm going to go with Joe Burrow because I think Joe Burrow Joe Burrow came in was expected to be the starter and I feel like he's blown out all expectations for what he's done. Yes, this team hasn't necessarily won a lot of games, but Joe Burrow has just been phenomenal this year without an offensive line with guys on this team who are trying to get out of Cincinnati because they don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Uh AJ Green has not been his self this year. I have to I have to look at what Joe Burrow is doing and just I I can't I can't not be impressed uh by what I see from Joe Burrow this year. Uh I'm going to give him rookie of the year. I hate doing it because I'm tired of seeing quarterbacks win this award all the time. It feels like, but he deserves it on the defensive side of the ball, you look at defensive rookies. and I gotta be honest, defensive rookies this season haven't there hasn't been anyone to me that really jumped out at me. You know, when I look around, not saying that guys haven't been playing well. there haven't been a there just haven't been like, You know, anyone who stood out. Now, granted, that's because offense is so valued and because offense is really pushed. Offense is what people typically want to see. We focus probably a little bit more on that side of the ball. But when I look at Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, two guys come to mind. I want... I think, you know, Chase Young, obviously, he comes to mind just because he was one of the top picks in the draft. Um, But I'm going to go to baltimore and go with patrick queen um the linebacker out of lsu 35 solo tack- tackles on the season two sacks two forced fumbles two fumble recoveries one of which he took uh, for a touchdown he's been really 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 good for baltimore this year i know i've watched the Ravens. me being a sealer fan i pay attention to what the ravens do he's been phenomenal um I think he's also having a greater impact on his team. Uh, I think that Washington is just in such a state of disarray; it's really tough to have a positive impact the way you probably would like to. Um, Chase Young, I don't want to disrespect by any any measure though. Chase Young is phenomenal, but I'm I'm going to go with Patrick Queen. I think I think he has been exactly what they needed on the defensive side of the ball. He's a good leader, um, fast, strong hits. <laughs> he's He's doing what he needs to do. And uh, you know, it's just another great late round, late first round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it's it's that it's what they do. They draft well, they develop guys well, and Patrick Queen seems like he's worked out phenomenally for them. So I do want to give Patrick Queen his props. Um and the Baltimore Ravens their props as well. Like I said, it's 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 impressive what they've been able to do through the draft uh, throughout all of these years when you look at them. Um, one bit of news for the NFL before we move on to uh, to the NBA. NFL is cracking down hard on these, uh, these COVID violations. And as they should, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders – were fined five hundred thousand dollars and stripped of a sixth round pick in the twenty twenty one draft. Uh and coach John Gruden has been fined an additional hundred and fifty thousand dollars by the NFL. Uh because quite honestly the NF as the as the NFL put it, be for brazen and repeated violations of COVID nineteen protocols. Um Mind you, this is not the first time that the NFL has fined the Raiders organization. This is not the first time that they have fined John Gruden for not properly wearing masks and things like that um, on the sideline. And here we see it again. The Ravens now, I believe, have had over $1.5 million worth of fines or something like that. Like it's the NFL is cracking down on it. And I completely understand. They've been, they're trying to do everything they can to make sure that this season finishes. Um, they've even talked about the possibility of a 16-team playoff if we do have to stop the season or if the season can't finish the allotted uh, 17-week schedule that they currently have in place. So we'll see, you know, we we'll, we shall see what happens there. But just another another really big point of, you know, hey, we're taking this serious. And if you don't take it serious, there will be consequences. Moving on to the NBA. <laughs> Moving on to the NBA. The big news out of the NBA is everything that we've wanted to know so far with the NBA is when is the next season going to start? Well, we finally have an answer. And the NBA and the NBA Players associate or the National Basketball Players Association, the NBPA, um came out Thursday night and approved a plan to start the season back on December 22nd, which means we're just about a month away from the new NBA season. Um, I think that's pretty crazy. You know, as a fan, I'm happy about it. Uh, a lot of the players, it seemed like, weren't happy. A lot of the players were pushing for, you know, a later maybe Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, that was the day that they were looking for. They were looking at, at MLK Day. They said, let's come back on MLK Day. Let's start the season then. Uh, so really the players were just kind of fighting for a couple weeks. And I understand why, you know, some guys, especially if you were a team that went deep into the playoffs, you know, you've only really been home for a month, you know, something like that. So it's, it's it's rough really having to turn right around and stuff like that. You really don't get to enjoy the holidays with your family. So I understand why players didn't want to do this, but I do think this is the best move for the NBA. Um, you start the season December twenty second. You're gonna have a reduced game schedule, so the season will only be seventy two games, and we'll see how the NBA does this thing. Um, but basketball is right around the corner, man. It's <laughs> it seems like it just ended, and now we're getting right back to it. Uh, and it makes sense uh, for the NBA. It makes sense. I mean, because a lot of the players, like I said, there are some players who went deep into the playoffs, so they might feel like you know they're kind of getting the short end of the stick here with. Uh. You know, maybe not getting the proper rest, but you also have to think like when things shut down back in March, I mean, we didn't basketball wasn't played for like four months. Like you guys got a four month break. You got a hiatus. So you got you had the time to rest and recoup. Yeah, some of you had to come back and play in a bubble in a very weird situation that wasn't ideal, but it's what you had to do. You all agreed to it. That season is over and now it's time for the next season. It's time for us to move on. So, I get I get what the NBA did here. I understand why this move was made, and I I'm not mad at it at all. You know, I'm I'm excited to see basketball again. I'm excited to see what the NBA does. Will the NBA go back to a bubble situation? Will they go? Will they allow teams to just have games played in their arenas will there be fans like there's so many questions you know still that need to be answered however the one answer that we do have right now is the nba will be back december 22nd there will be a 72 game season played and we'll see what goes from there um before the season however is the nba draft and as we all know the draft right now is really tough to figure out exactly what's going to happen. As I've spoken about before, Minnesota sounds like they want to move down. I'm hearing that Golden State is open to a trade, which I think would be a huge mistake. I think Golden State needs to take James Wiseman number two if he's he's there at number two overall, because it's very likely James Wiseman could be the number one overall pick in this draft. If James Wiseman is there at two, I think Golden State needs to jump all over him. I think that gives them a true big man who can run the floor. He's athletic, um, who can still help protect the rim, um, even when they decide to go to that small ball lineup that they do. You know, I think I think when you look at that starting five, like the Golden State starting five could very easily be Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. And I think that is a starting five to be reckoned with. Um, I almost, again, I, I feel really strongly about this Warriors team. I do. I really do. Um, and I, and I, it's a, I saw on Twitter, someone poised the question at the end of Steph Curry's career, will he be considered like the greatest point guard of all time? Like where, where will he rank? And. Obviously, then that gets you thinking, all right, well, who are the best point guards of all time? And then you start thinking Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, so on and so forth. Um, but this just really got me thinking about like what Steph can do now with this Warriors team. You know, some people really are probably gonna look at his three rings and say, Well, you beat the Cavaliers when they were banged up and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love weren't playing. Uh you blew a 3-1 lead against that same Cavaliers team when they were healthy the next season. And then the two rings that you won after that, you had arguably the greatest team ever assembled. And basically, that team was unbeatable when you guys were healthy with Kevin Durant being there. So, there's a lot of people. Now, I'm not one of those people. Uh, I still give Steph credit for his rings. Um it's, I give him credit for that one against for the first one against Cleveland. I am one of those people who think that the NBA definitely pulled some strings to get Cleveland to to help Cleveland out in that second series. Because I do believe that if Draymond Green hadn't been suspended for game five, that the Warriors would have won that that series. Um, And then obviously Kevin Durant goes there to Golden State and we all knew that they were going to win championships. But if Steph can win some championships post Kevin Durant. What does that do for his legacy? You know, like if if this upcoming season, Steph Curry and the Warriors win a championship and Steph now has four rings and Steph finally, by the way, finally wins a finals MVP, which I feel like he should have won the first time around. The fact that that went to Andre Iguodala is completely asinine. um, And the people that gave Andre Iguodala finals MVP because he held LeBron to like 30 points a game or whatever is insane, but whatever. Let's say Steph wins a championship and he wins a Finals MVP, and let's say he has to beat the Lakers to do it. Let's say this Warriors team ends up having to meet the Lakers in the in the in the Western Conference, and he beats LeBron and company. You know, he beats LeBron and AD, and the, and the Warriors beat them and then go on to win a championship. How do we start looking at Steph Curry in his career? Because it's it's interesting. I don't think people put Steph in that conversation the way we put LeBron uh, even sometimes to some extent Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard like you know we look at some of these other guys and maybe we start talking about them in some of the respect of some of the greats I don't think enough people talk about Steph in that conversation and if Steph wins another championship it becomes very 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 hard to not put him in that conversation I think if Steph wins another championship, quite honestly, it becomes very hard to not put him in your top 10. Like, if Steph wins a championship, disregard whether or not he'll be considered one of the greatest point guards of all time. Looking at where he will stand in the pantheon of NBA greats, if Steph wins another championship, that's four rings, he'll have a finals MVP, he'll have back-to-back MVPs, he'll be the first and... Maybe the only unanimous MVP. He will have probably, he'll end up top 10, probably on the all time assists. He'll probably end up top 10, all time scoring. He'll go down as the greatest three point shooter of all time. It gets interesting when you start looking at Steph and what he could, what he can accomplish post Kevin Durant. Something to think about. Something to think about there with Golden State. That was a little bit of a tangent. I did not have that conversation planned. <laughs> that was just something that I kind of popped up in my head randomly. I went on a little bit of a tangent there. But, hey, it's what I do sometimes. I get I get passionate about sports and just start thinking about things. But uh, the draft is coming up. Uh, one quick note about the draft, actually. The Pistons, allegedly, uh, have a lot of interest in LaMelo Ball. And they seem like they are possibly in the in the case for maybe trading up into the draft minnesota might have a taker depending on what detroit wants to give up um to get that number one pick we're we're gonna see um as i've said before lamello ball is a enigma he's an enigma it's gonna be really 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 tough to figure out what's gonna happen with him like, he's he's just someone who's very hard to evaluate um so he's, he's a huge boomer bust candidate. We will see what happens there. But it seems like Detroit really wants him. Um, and if they want him, they will probably have to trade up and get him. So now it becomes a conversation of what are you willing to give up? Do you feel like you have to go all the way up to, you know, one to get him? Do you feel like you can get him at maybe four or five? Do you feel like you could get – like what's, what's, what's the conversation being had with Detroit and some of these other teams – that hold a top five pick. We shall see. But sounds like Detroit is trying to find a way to make LaMelo ball a piston. Again, that's just uh LaMelo Ball is just tough. I'm I'm getting ready to transition to college football, but LaMelo Ball is just tough. I wouldn't draft him. I would stay away from him. I just it's tough to evaluate him for me. And I think you're taking a huge risk uh drafting him. But we'll see if it pays off. Uh Couple college football uh, updates. A lot of games it seems like are being canceled this week. Uh, the Washington California game is being canceled. Air Force and Army has been postponed. All I mean, obviously, all of these are due to COVID nineteen uh, and things like that. Uh, Minnesota's defensive coordinator will be out versus Illinois uh, after he tested positive. Uh, Navy and Tulsa are going to be postponed. North Texas. Uh, versus Louisiana Tech is postponed. You're just seeing a lot of postponed games. I don't say Purdue and Wisconsin has been canceled, which puts Wisconsin in a really tough situation uh, because you have to play at least six games to get into the college football playoffs. If you really want to have a shot, you have to play at least six games. They've already had like two games canceled, so Wisconsin really only has six games left on their schedule. Um, It's going to be tough to see what happens there. Uh, but COVID-19 is running rampant, uh, in college football and we're starting to see the effects of it. Uh, we'll see what happens though. Oh, cause you know what? I was going to end there, but this literally just came across. <laughs> I'm going to give, I'm going to give you guys another little, one quick rant before I get out of here on Rob Manfred and the stooge that he is and just how poor of a job he does running the MLB. The Boston Red Sox have rehired Alex Cora or Correa. Uh, For those of you who don't remember Alex, he was one of the individuals that was involved, one of the managers that was involved in the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. And he's back. (laughs) Uh, He was, Suspended and fired. Suspended for the 2020 season only, by the way, which you're going to suspend him for a season that's going to be shortened anyway. Like, you all didn't even play half the games that you usually play. So, really, like, again, just getting away with a slap on the wrist. And now he's back. He's going to have a job again and all this other stuff. And it's just, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating seeing that Rob Manfred doesn't care about baseball at all. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't care about the integrity of the game. He doesn't care about properly punishing guys for defiling the game and for cheating and all this other stuff. It's just really sad. It's really, really sad that Rob Manfred... Again, guy called, guy called the World Series Trophy, which, by the way, when you win the World Series, you are awarded the Commissioner's Cup. It's literally called the Commissioner's Cup or the Commissioner's Trophy. Like, it's literally, though, named after the Commissioner. And he called it a piece of metal. So, uh MLB man, some things just never change. Some things just never change. But that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, you know, it feels like it feels like there wasn't a lot to talk about, but here we are at about fifty minutes. Did I just spend? Did I just? Did I do just a lot? A lot of yammering on this podcast I feel like I did if I did I apologize <laughs> yeah I feel like if I just sat back and repeated myself or just went on tangents the entire time I completely apologize I it just it doesn't feel like I've I've said 51 minutes worth of content <laughs> but hey um, that's all I got for you guys today thank you all so much for listening if you liked today's episode uh, tell a friend to tell a friend all that good stuff like it share it if you didn't like this episode just act like it didn't happen um and yeah, again, thank you all so much. Uh, again, shouts out to everyone that voted. You all played a huge part. Your vote counts. Your vote matters. Um, and shout out to Joe Biden apparently for becoming the new president elect. For what it, what it's worth, that's what it's that's what it's looking like right now. So, shout out to Joe Biden. Shout out to Kamala Harris. Uh, can't wait to see what you all do when you're in office. Like I said, this has been the Instant Replay Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Sharowski. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I leave you all with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, No one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters. I'll see you guys Tuesday.